Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome everybody out to Biz Ninja Radio. We've got a really cool guest today, unlike some of the last guys that have been here. We have James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy. What's up? Um, hey, James. So a lot of people, some people have heard about you because you've got a big following, and some people haven't. Most, ha most have not. <laughs> not enough. I'll tell you what, not enough people have heard <laughs> of you. Um, and, you know, I've been... Yeah, as I've gotten to know you a little bit recently, when I mention it, I say, have you heard of the Iron Cowboy? And, they, and they, people kind of look up and think, and I'm like, you know, he did like, you know, 50 Ironman triathlon, and then everyone starts nodding and be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that guy. But even before you did that, I'm going to ask you more about that in a second. You, you set some world records. What were some of those first big things that you did that kind of started getting you some publicity? Um, I think the first thing I did was um, I did a four-mile fun run, and my wife told me I was pathetic. And so... <laughs> that, that, that got me some notoriety and some uh, some laughs at Thanksgiving. But but reality is is that kind of kickstarted my journey and uh, put me on a, a path that I would have never expected. In 2010, uh, broke a world record for the most half Ironmans done in a single year, and that was uh, uh, 22 events in 30 weeks, um, which was just for me personally. It was just training grounds for what I really wanted to accomplish was uh, 30 full official Ironmans in one calendar year. And I did 30 events through 11 countries. Uh, and man, I learned a lot about the sport. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the tribe community. Um, and th the great news is, is I accomplished that and it was awesome. But it left me with this incredibly empty feeling of I can do more. I want to push myself. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to challenge myself. And that ultimately led me to the 50 Ironman's 50 Days, 50 States campaign. And uh, that happened in 2015. Okay. So not necessarily a natural born, you know, freak of nature athlete. Uh, your wife has you join, you know, come out in a fun run and you're sucking wind and uh, didn't impress her, you know, but to so, say the least. Yeah. So in order to keep her impressed or get her, get her, uh, get her, get her happy again and impressed by James, <laughs> you say, you know what, I'm going to start doing triathlons. Yeah. Um, well, it was interesting. Yeah. What she did was she signed me up for a marathon um, and she said, you know what, your, your performance was so pathetic in the four miler. I'm, I'm going to make you do a marathon. And so she did that. And um, it, it, it too was an awful experience. Um, but those are the experiences where we grow the most and, and sure. poss possibly look inward for answers. And, and, you know, I like to say that I wasn't going to allow that moment to define me um, or defeat me because it was, it was humiliating at best. And, and, um, so I did, I looked inward and I found the sport of triathlon and, uh, and you could say I jumped in with two feet and just found a, a new passion that I never knew existed. So you start, you do, you go fun run, uh, marathon. And then what was, when was your first triathlon? Uh, it would have been in 2005. So out of curiosity, were you decent as a triath as a uh, competitive triathlete or were you more you know because when you're doing 50 50 50 yeah that was more uh, not competitive speeds right you're going for sure. completion at that point um did you get to where you're pretty decent in terms of uh finishing speed yeah absolutely um you know i've been doing the sport for a decade um realized i had some natural talent when it came to cycling had to teach myself how to swim and and uh, I, got, I got pretty pretty good at running uh, as well and we put the three together and it's triathlon and Right. Um, you know, I started to win races in my, in my local area. Um, I've gone to the uh, half Ironman World Championships three times. I've competed in Kona, which is the Ironman World Championships. 
Um, I've won a few full iron distance triathlon events. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'm not, I'm not the fastest on the block in every event, but, uh, I, I love to mix it up. I love to do that. And then I've kind of, you know, I, I enjoy the, I enjoy the, the adventure now of it. Um, I'm, I'm really, really busy. Uh, I've got five kids and I do a lot of speaking and I do a lot of these adventure type races. And so it just takes a certain sacrifice and commitment to, to be able to race at a high level for a really long time. And, um, I, I'm, I'm not willing to put in that work in order to do that. I'm more in the enjoyment phase of it. I did race for really competitively for a long time. It's just a different mental kind of grind, a different type of training. Um, and I did that and I had a lot of success doing it and I really loved it. I, I, I love the glory days of, of being fast and, and I'm still fast. I'm, st I'm still sure. competitive in my age group. Um, and I, and I still love to mix it up. I'm super competitive. Um, but like, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, I hope, but I, I'm doing some, some really fun adventures this year that I'm, that I'm more excited about than ever, um, over trying to, trying to best the next guy in my age group. Um, yeah, I think what, what it sounds like you're saying is it gets to a point where, um, winning is fun and winning is great if that's your goal, but sometimes kind of cliche in hand, uh, the joys in the journey. Right. And absolutely. Yeah. And so you're out. And I love that. Um, you are doing a lot of cool adventures and you include your family a lot in a lot of this, which is really neat. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people, they hear kind of what I do and they just assume that dude is rich and signal. <laughs> right. And, and I'm not, I've got five kids, you know, we had five kids in six and a half years and uh, right now their age is eight to 14 or eight to 13. And, uh, and it's just, just crazy time. And we're, we're just, we're just busy, but we do, we include them in a lot of that we do. Um, we encourage them to be active in whatever they like to do. I don't make them do triathlon. Right. Um, my, you know, my oldest daughter does volleyball and we're, I was at the tournament all afternoon today. And then my, my second daughter does um, gymnastics. My third daughter does basketball and my son does gymnastics. And my other girl just likes to float around like a fairy in a uniform. <laughs> but they'll all find their path and their thing and, and whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're really similar with our four kids is whatever they want to do um, as long as they're being active. Right. Yep. So let's, um, I think we have to talk a little bit about the 50, 50, 50 because um, it's a ridiculous, like, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we should tell people uh, that, that possibly don't know what an Ironman actually is. That's a great way to do it. So then, and then we'll explain what, what, uh, how you stack them together. So let's do that. Yeah. So, so an Ironman distance triathlon, any triathlon, a swim, bike, run, and an iron distance is the, is the longest standard of the family. And it's a 2.4 mile swim followed by a 112 mile bike ride. And then once you get off your bike, you run this, the standard marathon, which is 26.2 miles. So all of those put together, it's 140.6 miles that you have to cover by yourself, your own, your own grit and your own will. And how long um, does that typically take? You know, maybe not the, the fastest guy, but the, the competitive Ironman athlete. Yeah, so, so your, your fastest guy does do it in about eight hours. That's your, your top-tier professionals, the peak of their career. And then you have a 17-hour time limit. Um, your competitive men um, are going to become anywhere between 9 and 11 hours, and then your competitive women anywhere between 10 and 12. Um, the, the professional women are dipping into the nine, low nine hours, which is awesome. Um, 
but yeah, you know, as you evolve in the sport, guys are like, okay, I want to finish an Ironman. Okay. I want to, I want to break 12 hours. I want to break 11 hours. I want to break 10 hours. So, so those are kind of your benchmarks. So some listeners may be thinking, okay, I did 30 minutes on the treadmill the other day. <laughs> yep. So, but they're talking about moving consistently for eight to 17 hours. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and so uh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's no joke. It takes most athletes or individuals that have a desire to do a bucket list Ironman. I mean, it takes a good year, possibly two years of, of prep. So they prep for it and then they go out and, uh, and a lot of them, like you said, their first goal is just to finish. That means, you know, close 15, 16, 17 hours of work. Um, yeah, I think, I think anybody's going like I could, we run a coaching team and, and you know, when, when I have an athlete that's doing an Ironman for the first time, I'm like, dude, let's, let's, let's make it to the start line healthy. That, right. that's, that's always an accomplishment. And then, you know, it's your first Ironman. And I, and I tell all my athletes, I say, look, you have one shot at your first Ironman and your goal should not be to push an incredible pace. It shouldn't be to try to set a land speed record. It's to go out there and great and be grateful that you get to do an Ironman today. And you should, you should try to smile your way through the event and thank the volunteers and then have enough energy at the finish line to, to pump your fist and pound your chest and say, that was a good amount of sacrifice and a lot of hard work. And I just accomplished something really cool. And then once you do that, if you want to do more then we break it down and we start breaking down the events and shooting for time goals and execution goals and things like that. But you, your first one should be an experience. And like we alluded to earlier, it truly is about the journey and getting to that start line and then enjoying that moment and that day. Awesome. So you start, you know, you struggle on the fun run, you start getting into it again a little bit. You do 30 events in a year, which is already amazing, but you said it left you empty. And so you went for, so let's first talk about why you felt empty after doing after setting a world record that's recognized by the Guinness Book, and then you did, and then what is the fifty fifty fifty? Yeah, so you know, I, I I've always said I want to find my mental and physical limits, and then I want to know what I'm going to do when I reach that limit, whether I'm going to push through that and accomplish more, or if I'm going to say, you know what, hang my hat, that's good, I found my limit, um, and and. You, you know, with all of these, we do a, a charitable aspect to it, a fundraising campaign. And in 2010 and 12, we were building um, dams for Africa. Um, and and I, I didn't hit the, the fundraising mark that I wanted to do. And so there was an empty feeling about the, the charitable donations. There was an empty feel about my physical and mental limits. And so I just, you know, I just had this sinking feeling that there was more, that I, that I wasn't, I hadn't reached my potential in fundraising and pushing myself to my my satisfaction and so you know it's interesting because it was right near the end of the campaign in 2012 I'd, I'd, I'd completed 27 of the 30 and I just looked over at my wife and I'm like I just asked her a question I was like I don't think this is it do you think this is it and you know she can't I, her answer was you know not not right now <laughs> and uh, and you know so I kind of I kind of bided my time but I knew that there was more and I, and I conceptualized the 50, 50, 50, which was 50 consecutive Ironmans, 50 states. Um, so, so that would take us 50 days. So 50 Ironmans, 50 days, 50 states. So just to kind of do some math, one, you're talking about traveling the entire country. So there's travel time. You're talking about the average Ironman taking, um, 
you know, someone who's done what they're doing, probably 12 to 14 hours. I'm curious, how long were those taking you? Yeah, it's interesting. I I ended up having to average 12 to 14 hours uh, every single day for 50 consecutive days in order to keep pace, in order to give us enough time to get to the next state. Um, And that, that, I mean, there's so many, if I can humbly say that this is one of the greatest endurance feats that nobody knows about yet, um, just because there was the a massive logistic component to it. There was the physical component to it. There was the mental component to it. There was the fundraising component to it. There was the family aspect to it. Uh, there was just so many things. And people, it's it's interesting because we, we wrote a book that I'm incredibly excited about because people know the story and because they, well, people think they know the story because they know, oh yeah, the Iron Cowboy, 50 Ironmans, 50 Days, 50 States. But that is just the headliner. You know, because there's so much that went on that took for us to accomplish that and the blood, the sweat, the tears, the sacrifice, the emotion, the stories, the people we met along the way. And and what's really interesting, I love the way that we wrote the book is it's somewhat of an autobiography and a journey because we flash back to my past and my journey on how I got to this point. And so it's actually really, really, really cool because not only does it kind of paint the full picture of what we went through on the 50, but it gives people an opportunity to get to know me and my family a little bit better and what it, what it took and what makes us tick to be able to even conceptualize this and think that it was possible for us to, to go beyond what, what everybody said was impossible. Yeah. So, okay. Not only, so this is crazy, right? You, you achieve this thing that I think most people, um, you know, I've watched your documentary and so even a lot of your sponsors, didn't really think it was going to happen. Yeah. You know, when it got started, most of them were thinking, Hey, this is great. We like James. We'll support him. But really like, is this, this isn't possible. It's kind of what I think they were down deep. If they were honest with us, there were some comments on that made, you know, not even, not even, not even down deep. They were thinking that on the surface, they told me that <laughs> right. they, they said, they said, dude, we love you. We've, we've loved being involved in your whole journey. Um, we're not going to tell you how many we think you're going to make, but the number's not 50, but we, you know, we'll get behind what you're doing. And so it was really, really, yeah. it was really, really cool for me and my journey to not only watch the sponsors, but the, the, you know, the, the forms and the message boards to watch that energy shift from you're a moron. You can't do this. You're, you're being reckless to right. holy crap. Maybe he will to, to becoming supporters and, and advocates for what I was doing. Um, and, and it's just, it was a really humbling experience for me to, to go through that experience and, and, you know, be the center and watching that happen was, it was a really neat experience. It was a really hard experience because we took a lot, we took a lot of shots yeah. <laughs> for what we were doing and how we did it. And, and, you know, I, I just have to realize that, you know, we made the best decisions that w- what we thought at the time. Yeah. And, and I, I stand by them a hundred percent because the journey wouldn't be what it was without them. And, and the, one of the biggest takeaways and things that I've learned is you can't, don't ever judge anybody because we don't know their circumstances, what it feels like to be them going through what they're going through in that moment. Right. And that was just such an incredible lesson for me to, to, to be able to, to go, go through life and have experiences and look at people and go, you know what, I really don't know the full backstory here. I don't know the emotion. I, I, can't, I can't feel what he's feeling right now. And, and so it, it's helped me not to be so quick to judge and criticize right. and to really ap- appreciate and, and, and just 
just under have a better understanding for for other people and what they're going through and what they're trying to accomplish yeah i think that was i was actually going to move right into that question kind of like how do you handle like the haters right because the more popular they get and it's just the bottom line is the more you are the more awareness and the more reach that you have the more influence you have by very nature of how humans work people start picking sides and uh, at every age people deal with it a different uh, at a different way like i first learned it in high school like okay when you start like excelling in certain things in high school people pick sides and it, i mean it probably goes all the way to like preschool but the bottom line is that it happens no matter what point of human life but the bigger you get the bigger of a uh, of a um you know you have in your reach and in your influence the stronger that polarity gets especially when you start doing unique and big things right so well when you started you already split up the community with haters like percent that you guys made some judgment calls that further polarize that audience yeah and and, you know i love the way that you just put it and how back it starts and that the division and whatnot and and i heard it i heard it put really brilliantly the other day and i'm going to butcher it and i'll do the best i can but basically it said you know the way that i look at it is 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 for every one hater negative person I get I have 99 others that are advocates supporters and and I'm having an impact on them and everything and so so what what this individual said was you have a hater that's amazing go get 10 more because that means now you have 990 people that are that you're influencing for good and once you have 10 haters go get 10 more and get as many haters as you can because for me the balance of haters to to people that I'm having a positive impact on is, 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 is such a favored in the positive side that the more haters and whatnot that I get, I, I love it and thrive on that because that means that's the bigger, the other, the other part of the equation is bigger and more successful and, and I'm having the impact that I want. And so every time I get a, a message or a comment or something that is negative or is someone attacking me, I, I, I sit down for a second and it sucks and it hurts. Uh, but then I realize that person's coming from a position of hatred and jealousy. And then that means I'm also having a positive impact on the other side. So it, it stings, it hurts and I hate it because I'm human and I have feelings yeah. and emotions. Um, but then once I actually dissect it and realize the magnitude of the opposite side of that coin, I'm like, I take a deep breath and I'm like, okay, dig deeper, grind. Let's go get some more haters. Absolutely. And yeah. And, and you know, we sometimes use the term polarity, which would imply that it's an equal balance, but I think you're right. I think that usually um, you have the, but the people that are the fans are usually frankly not as vocal. Uh, sometimes they're just enjoying the moment. Right. But the, the, the negative people for some reason just enjoy being loud. I got a, uh, I got a weird email the other day that was basically just like, Hey, I was on one of your websites and there was a pop-up ad. I didn't like that. No reason, no need to respond. I just wanted to let you know. And I'm like, awesome. No, like, I love that. You don't, I don't, you don't even need to tell me, you don't even need to respond back. And I just, I'm sorry. You didn't like the website experience, (laughs) my website, like just don't come to it anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, and, and I, you know, I, that similar experience, I'll have someone that'll just attack me in some way. And I'm like, dude, let me direct you to the unfollow button. It's like, that is a complete choice. You're choosing to follow me. I'm not begging you to follow me. Just it's, you're, you're a click away from me disappearing out of your life. That's it. It's that easy. I'm not begging you. Yeah. Stand up, just walk away from the computer. 
Yes, it's easy. The internet is not it. Not yeah, exactly. It's not part of your your soul. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, I love. So, it. Yeah. So you hit the fifty fifty fifty, and you have this book coming out. Um, what, like, uh, what made you want to turn that story and, and put it into a book? What made you want to tell the story behind the story? And what is it that people are that you think? What is the big takeaway that you want people to get when they read your book? Yeah, I think I think what's interesting, and and because of what I've accomplished now, people don't know the backstory. They just go, "Dude's a genetic freak. His disposition did do this. Um, I can't do that. He's completely unrelatable." Right. And and as soon as I finished the fifty, they were like, "You need to go get genetically tested. You're a freak." And I was like, "Okay, let's go get tested." And the results came back, and it was staggeringly overwhelming. Um, I'm white, Canadian, and normal. And so I may be under, I may, I may be less than normal. I don't know, but I certainly didn't have any type of advantage of any kind. Um, and, and my story really comes from a very, like, I didn't know how to swim even. And I, I struggled through a four mile fun run that I got up off the couch to do. And so, but people don't, they don't see that side of the story. Right. And, and what I did is I stopped listening to what everybody else was saying. And I was like, no, this, this is what I'm capable of. And this is what I can do. And I just, I just blocked all that out. And I went on my own journey. I created my own lane and I started to do me and my passion. And, and people, people don't know the backstory, you know, to the, to the extent that it is, but we, we lost everything like, like half of the Americans did. And we were a struggling family and I had an opportunity to hit the reset button. And so what I want people to get out of this is, is really and it's totally cliche, but we, we really can do anything we want to. Um, and, and I, I believe I proved that. Um, I, 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 I went above and beyond what anybody said was possible, not because I was genetically gifted, but because I went out and I did the work and I, I didn't expect anything to be handed to me. I went out and I grinded and I worked harder than anybody else did in order to accomplish what I did. And I created my own future. And I want to, I hope my story gives the guy that's sitting on the couch or the mom that's struggling that everybody has their own version of hard and that right. we have, we have our, everybody, every, everybody, every moment of every day is making decisions. And, and this is something that my mom said many, many times when I was growing up and something that I'm a huge advocate of is 10% of life is what happens to us. And 90% is the choices and the decisions we get to make with those things. So, right. so 10% is just, it is what it is. That's the crap that life dealt you. But you know what? We have a choice and a decision with everything that we do. And you have to decide. Nobody's going to make those decisions for you, and no one's going to do that work for you. You have to, and you can go out and create your own future. And right. so I share my journey, my backstory, and I hope it gets people moving and, and engaged. And the, one of the biggest reasons we wrote this was because I started to get emails people saying, Hey, you don't know me, but I watched your journey and I just wanted to thank you. This is what I've been able to accomplish because you set that example. And trust me, I don't think I'm perfect and I grind and I have challenges and I struggle and I fail, but I get back up. And so I wanted to write this book because not a lot of people know about the story. Sure. And to me, I think the story has impact both with, with women and with men and I'm, I'm middle America. I've got five kids. Right. I live in a community. I go to church. I do, you know, I, I am middle America. I had a, I had a corporate job. And so my goal with this book is to hopefully impact someone to make a decision 
and do something different and find their passions again and start living life and creating your own path. But it takes work, conviction, belief, effort, all of those things. And so I hope my journey helps people to see that, realize it and go do it. Awesome. And I, I, that was one of the takeaways I really got from, uh, from your documentary, from watching a lot of your interviews was that um, everyone has their own heart. Right. And so one of the stories that really was touching for me was how your last few races um, you had challenged your mom to do uh, how much of the last few races did she do with you? So every, every single day we, we put on a 5k Mm -hmm. public to come out and join us and we donated all that money to to charity to combat childhood obesity and so i challenged my mom to come do the last 5k of the last five races with me now she before that she was like super fit and could run marathons right (laughs) no my mom has struggled with obesity her entire life and has never run further than a mile and so it was incredibly challenging in fact after every single 5k she did she said that was the hardest thing that she'd ever done but then the following words that came out of her mouth always impressed me. And she said, can I do it again tomorrow? And, and I think that's the attitude that I want people to have. I want you to go do something hard and I want you to challenge yourself. And then I want you to realize that you grew as an individual and you learned lessons and that you should desire to put yourself in challenging situations and embrace the struggle right. because that's, that's how we learn and grow. And so when my mom said that was the hardest thing I've ever done, can I do it tomorrow? I was like, dude, yes, that's, that's, that's why I love you. And that's where I got a lot of my grit and mental toughness from was because of that perspective and that drive. That's awesome. So you've got, um, you got the book coming out and we'll make sure um, when this gets posted on podcast, we post the link. I believe it's uh, ironcowboybook.com. Yep. So definitely be checking that out. And Tell us about the, I mean, you're not stopping. You're still doing even, you're doing amazing things. You got, so you talked about your seven big events uh, this year. What do you, what's going on this year? Happening? And you're getting ready for one soon, right? Yeah, on Tuesday, yeah, I'm super excited about this year. And, and I didn't realize it when I started to plan it, um, that it was going to be turn out to be this kind of year. But it's, it really has turned out to be an adventure year. And so on Tuesday, I'm hopping on a plane with my mountain bike and we're heading over to Africa um, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to climb. We're going to pedal the entire way from base camp to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro at 20,000 feet and be the first people to do a full ascent pedaling the whole way. And then, and then a really cool, awesome, fun descent. Um, so that's going to be in Africa. We leave on, on, in two days. Uh, we'll be on the mountain for six full days. Just an incredible fun time. We've got a, a film documentary crew coming with us. Um, we've got, we've got, um, with some really cool stuff with our, um, with our book launch that that's happening is, um, some of the bonus stuff we're going to give, we're, we're filming behind the scenes from all these adventures that we're doing this year and they're going to be available when you pre-order the book. So that's kind of cool. And then after I get home from Africa, I've got about a month to prepare. I'm headed to Greece. I've been invited by the Navy SEALs to run 235 miles, eight day stage race with some of the baddest A's on the planet. Um, I'm most nervous about this race because I have no idea what the SEALs are going to do with me, but I'm, I'm all in. Um, that, that's one of the things I talk about on stage. Um, I talk about going all in and, and having an experience. And so I'm excited to be challenged and to learn from the Navy SEALs, 235 miles, eight days. Um, and then I'm doing four um, of the hardest uh, Ironmans. Um, they're called extreme Ironmans, meaning extreme conditions. So it's still the 2.4 swim, the 112 bike, and the 26.2 run. 
but it's in freezing water, 50 oh, degrees wow. or under, and then it's through mountainous um, biking uh, terrain, and then the run is the equivalent of running from base camp to, to a high mountain peak. And oh, so wow. 20, 26 miles of insane elevation gain. And so the, I'm doing four of them. One is in Scotland, one's in Switzerland, one's in Alaska, and then it finishes with the famous Norseman in uh, Norway. Wow. Those are kind of some of the really cool events and adventures that I get to do. Um, just, just, just my way of, of having fun and challenging myself on a different level. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to go to these different countries, learn about the cultures, push myself physically, have a little bit of a different experience. There's going to be some extreme elements involved. I hate being cold. Um, and so, so it's a challenge for me to, to mentally jump into these cold water and situations and then bike through these. I mean, we're going to be biking through the Swiss Alps um, during some, some crazy time. And like I said, Greece is going to be nuts. You have no idea what the Navy SEALs are going to do. Summiting 20,000 feet. I'm terrified where there's going to be no oxygen. And so just a wild, crazy adventure year. Um, and I'm su super pumped for it. Yeah. So let's, I mean, let's talk on that first one a little bit with Kilimanjaro. Um, so the locals there have a saying when you're ascending, which is pole pole, which is slowly, slowly, which usually doesn't mean jump on a mountain bike and start pedaling. So yeah. <laughs> um, you're kind of shucking that uh, old adage that they, do, that, that they teach people as you're climbing. Um, like how did you have to not only personally prep, but logistically prep to get, um, you know, to get them to allow you to do that? Yeah. I mean, it's a cir cir special circumstance and that, that they're allowing us to do it. And I, I feel honored that, that we get to, um, and, and I believe I get to see more of the mountain than I usually get to, or if I was going to go to hike it or climb it, because I get to climb up and come back down and then climb up and come back down, not to the top, but hitting certain elevations because you do, you have to go slowly. One of the biggest killers on Mount Kilimanjaro is altitude sickness. People die, die from this. And so we, you know, we've, we believe we've put together a really safe and intelligent plan in order for us to summit safely um, because we're on, on bikes, e even though, even though we can travel faster than hiking, the pitch is still so extreme yeah. that we're only going to be going two to four miles an hour. Um, you know, as, as we're climbing and, and because our goal is to pedal the entire way and not push or carry our mountain bikes, we may have to spend 45 minutes or an hour on a specific section and continue to challenge it and, and break that section down so that we can physically pedal the entire yeah. section. Yeah. yeah. Find the right route or, the, or, or, or just, just technique. I'm going to have to learn new techniques on the mountain in order to navigate certain portions of this. So uh, I'm not delusional that the challenge is going to be extraordinary and that I'm going to have to work extremely hard, but the, the, there's the, there's that real fine balancing thing because I got to work super hard, but there's not oxygen. And so how, you can't work really hard. And so there's going to be, you know, we've put a lot of prep into trying to be efficient and, and really bring our heart rate down and a lot of mind power comes into this. That, that's part of the, why I love these types of new challenges. You know, beginning part of the show, you talked about the, you know, racing for speed and being competitive. Right. I moved on to a different type of challenge where I still have to be mentally tough and the training is different. And, and it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for these type of really fun adventures. Well, that uh, gives me a little bit more peace of mind that you're going to be not just sprinting up um, because yeah, I think, you know, sometimes there is a uh, false confidence, right? That comes with, um, that comes with becoming really fit or really capable, right? Where now we start thinking, oh, we're superhuman. Now you are superhuman compared to a guy like me, 
but you still nope. have remember i'm totally normal yeah. but you got to find your limits right yeah. Yeah. and uh, that doesn't mean find them on like in the ambulance it means exactly no i i have i've got five kids four beautiful daughters i have no intention of of dying i want adventure with full intentions on returning home every time we were very methodical with our game plans with safety being first and foremost um right. no nobody wants to die on the mountain nobody wants to die in these cold waters um they're very calculated and w that that's that's part of the reason that i've been able to be successful in what i do is because right. i do a lot of little things over a long period of time and i do them with intent in order to become successful and so it's it's a matter of doing the basics really well and paying attention to the details to make you successful in order to accomplish your goals People ask me, what's the one thing you do? And I say, well, let me break down the hundred things that I do in order to accomplish this. So I think that's kind of the big takeaway I'm getting really from everything, right? Is not only, you know, you can, you want to set goals, you want to go after things that challenge you, but that doesn't mean you, you know, go without, uh, without a parachute or without a safety. That means you, you're methodical and you plan. I think that's kind of what you're saying is like people see the tip of the iceberg, but they forget that there's the entire planning and logistics and coordination and adjustments that have to be made on the fly to continue push yourself and challenge yourself. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because people contact me all the time and say, iron cowboy, you, and I watched your journey and you inspired me and I have zero experience. And I've thought of this thing that I want to do. I want to do it in four months. Can you tell me how to, you know, some pointers on how to get ready for it? And I'm, I'm like, I will give you some pointers, but I'm going to be very blunt with you that it took me a decade to get to this point where I could try that. And just the 50 was over two years in, in planning and preparation just for those, that 50 day event. And so I said, yeah, I will help you get it. And I want you, that's the reason I did it is so people will set giant goals and think, but you've got to have the appropriate time frame associated with that goal. And right. you have to be able to be willing to sacrifice and do the work associated. Like a giant goal requires massive amounts of work and dedication and sacrifice. And yeah. so, yes, yeah, set the big goal. But, dude, it's not going to happen four months from now. Like right. I appreciate yeah. that. And I, and I will go out of my way to help you achieve this goal that you want to do. But let's, let's, let's get a five-year game plan here. Right. It's not for where you just run out one day and yeah. never stop running. Right. There's, that, that there's is a, that's, a, that's a movie Yeah. <laughs> for a reason. Right. And, and I get, I look like Forrest Gump, but this beard has taken <laughs> some, I didn't grow this in four months. <laughs> this has taken time. Um, and so that seems to be a lot of what, you know, this, your central message is, is one, you've got to push yourself. You've got to challenge yourself. You've got to find your limits but that doesn't mean you are um, without intent and you're not doing it intelligently. You're still, you're mapping out your future, but you're building your future with intent. Absolutely. Um, and I think that that is something that we really need right now as, as a people of the human race, because I think so many of us are, uh, so many of us are living reactionary lives where we just wake up because the alarm clock said to wake up and we start reacting the entire day when we have no intent to build anything because all we do is react to this, the, to the stimuli around us. Yeah. And so I think if people can recognize that it, they can take action and that they can make a choice to set a big goal and to change their life. And I think what you are doing is helping people to be inspired to do that. And I think it's remarkable. Um, so 
ironcowboybook.com uh, is where they can learn out about that. And then where, uh, where are you at on Facebook and stuff like that? Yeah, real quick too. We also, we, we can help you achieve your goals. We run an entire coaching platform and that's at teamironcowboy.com. Uh, we finished it. Check that out. We can help you achieve a lot of your racing goals. If you're just getting started or want to qualify for the world championships, my social media on Instagram is uh, forward slash iron cowboy James. And on Facebook, it's forward slash iron cowboy. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming out uh, on the show and like massive, you know, wishings of success and have fun. Uh, Africa is an amazing place. I promise you will not come back the same. But I think that's the goal, isn't it? That, that is the goal. And it's always an honor to talk with you, Tyler. You're a complete stud. Thanks, man. So whether you were listening on iTunes, whether you were watching on YouTube, or whether you were following us on ABC News, KMET, uh, here in Southern California, I just want to reach out across the internet and across the terrestrial planes of radio and say thank you for listening. Go to bizninja.com radio to get a special gift that I have just for you. Now don't forget, go out and do something.